0: Hi everyone, welcome back to the Butch UK podcast. We are now at episode 63 and the season is really coming along fast. The draft has been and gone. The Buccaneers have added players and it is finally the big, real countdown to the beginning of the season. I'm your host for this one. My name is Alex. I'm joined by Kieran. Hello, Kieran. How are you? Hi, right, good, thanks. We've got David. David, good to see you. Hi there. And joining us from Florida, we have (laughs) fantastic, we have Mariana. Hi, Mariana hi <laughs> what a lovely hi, mrs background you got. yes mrs <laughs> yeah, congratulations marianne i know we said congratulations <laughs> before but yeah fantastic news for you and your husband congratulations thank uh you. so b- before we get right into this uh just gonna say all the usual stuff make sure you go and click that like button below hit subscribe if you aren't already and make sure you turn on that bell for notifications every time we upload as well and a big thank you as always to bucks report for helping us to promote our podcast their links are in the description below please make sure you do go and check them out right well let's not hang about uh we've got a lot to discuss uh in this episode uh lady and gents Um, since the last episode we did the one well there's been a, a various changes but uh one big change which i don't know if it's fair to say that it came out of the blue i'm not sure maybe some people were expecting it but uh bruce arians is no longer head coach he has gone to a uh, uh, and uh, not an office role, but uh, I think it's a consultancy role, if I remember correctly. What do you think about this, David? This move he's, here?
1: Yeah, he's going to be sitting in the comfy seats now. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, they're always looking at a succession plan, and there are lots of opportunities, I think, for both Leveridge and Bowles to possibly become head coaches elsewhere. Um, and it's sort of helps a little bit back to the Raheem Morris appointment a few years back, that actually they've got a guy they like, they want to make sure he stays in Tampa and actually now's a good time as any to do it, and as they said at the time, it's just so much better to pass on a team that's already competitive than to pick one that's picking 32 and has got a whole lot of rebuilding to do
0: and uh, of course great to hear that he is going to be the next inductee of the ring of honour as well uh much much deserved so uh, a huge congratulations uh, to you Bruce from us all at batch UK uh Kieran do you think Todd Bowles is the right guy to take over I
2: I do actually um certainly he's the right guy in terms of the coaches that are in the building um I think you know, he's Proven as a head coach, people point to his record. Maybe not being as as good as some other candidates, but you have to look at what he was working with down at the Jets, and um, uh, it's a different kettle of fish uh, in Tampa, thankfully. And as David was saying, I think there's this. This shows that there's a succession planning. Um, I won't call the Bucks a, a, di- a dynasty. Uh, I think we need to get a little bit more silverware first for that. But it's nice they're thinking long term.
0: Um, and maria do you think there was any other candidates? For their coaching job, or was it Todd Bowles? From the moment uh, he, from the moment he was uh, brought on as defensive coordinator, did they say Bruce Arians retires? Todd Bowles is the guy.
3: Uh, I think it's interesting that you yeah, you say that because I think um, David kind of alluded to it as well, which is Byron Leftwich. I think um, there's already been other teams like talking about Byron Leftwich and um, you know looking at bringing him in. So I think you know we definitely have strong coaching staff across the board. So was it definitely going to be Todd Bowles? I don't actually know that it was, Um, but he's, he's probably got the strongest uh, capabilities there. And uh, he's probably got the most experience having already been in a head coach position.
1: I mean, I think that's really a lot about the culture that is in the Buccaneers organization at the minute about, you know, the number of, players after the Super Bowl they had the potential to move on but they wanted to come back and I think it is very much focused on that core family issues at the minute and how they want the organisation to act together
0: And David, just uh, you know, Kieran's alluded to it already but uh, Todd Bowles had uh, you know, not the greatest of time in New York at the Jets. Do you think he comes into this role being head coach of the Bucks with a bit of a chip on his shoulder, something to prove? I wouldn't have said that about the
1: Jets. I mean, there's there's been many a head coach has failed at the Jets. <laughs> <laughs> Equally, in fairness, there has the Buccaneers. Um, I think it, you know, it, it's all part of succession plan. He wants to prove himself and. Uh, you know, I, I just think it's a plan of action that's been in place for a while.
0: Uh, let's move on and discuss the draft now, guys. So, um, the team went in with the 27th pick. Uh, meant another late night for us uh, as Bucks UK members and Buccaneer fans. Of course, we're used to that, having Tom Brady as our quarterback. The pick comes on the clock uh, around 4 a.m. UK time, and then bang, trade. We've stayed up and we don't get to see if the Bucks make a pick in the first round. But Kieran, what was your reaction to that trade? Do you think it was a good one? I don't know. I mean,
2: everything's 2020 in hindsight and everything's the best draft pick known to man at the time. You know, you look at the draft grades and I think the lowest I saw on NFL.com was like a C plus. So everyone's enthusiastic about everything, but you know, we're not playing Madden. This is Jason Light doing it for real. Um, I can only assume that they were happy that they were going to get the person they wanted by trading down and they traded down far enough that they knew they'd get the value and that they would still get the player they were wanted. And obviously, we'll come on to talk about Logan Hall and and what that means for the club. So, you know, I think, whenever you get more draft picks in the top half of the draft, I see some of these trades where there's sixth rounders flying. And I do think, you know, what are you thinking? There's not a lot of value to be had in all of that. Um, but I think, you know, even down probably to round four uh, in a smaller draft that we have now, it feels like those drafts, those picks have value. Um, so to, to be able to get two two-rounders uh, two, two um, in, in a way, you know, it feels like we got more players
0: out of it. Um, you know, let's find out in three years' time. Well, we cert- uh, if I remember correctly, we had either, it was over five or six picks at the beginning of the draft, um, and then we ended up, in the end, we ended up drafting eight players. Um, so you know, Jason Knight's certainly working his magic there. Um, now, Mariana, you were lucky enough to be at Raymond James Stadium for the first night of the draft. Talk us through that experience. That must have been quite something.
3: Yeah, I mean, I've, I've got to obviously thank uh, the the Buccaneers organisation and the Bucks UK fan club for, uh, in in line with my husband as well, for surprising me with that one. Um, it was an amazing night. It was a fan appreciation night. There were players there. There were obviously uh, vast amounts of fans there. The field was open, so you could get down on the hallowed turf. Um, there was so much going on—food, drinks, you know, photo opportunities, games, all sorts. So it was just a really good atmosphere um, throughout the night, even even into the sort of uh, earlier hours. I mean, obviously it was a, a little bit uh, earlier in our evening than it was for for you guys back at home. Uh, but even after the pick was traded, there were still people staying around you know, to see the, the last few picks uh, roll in. So it was uh, an amazing experience, lots to do and see and just, you know, just to get close to the club and, and enjoy that that sort of uh, the the family atmosphere that that club really does have for us all.
0: So let's go and have a, a, a chat about uh, some of the players in a little bit more detail. Let's, of course, focus on... Uh, the first pick that the Buccaneers made which was at the top of the second round uh, that is defensive lineman Logan Hall from Houston um, David so what What are your initial thoughts about Logan Hall about that pick
1: I mean the biggest thing that it, it's another position where we needed to fill I mean you know he's coming in River Sue comes back whether Steve McClendon does as well um, you know if they don't that they're not signed yet that's a position we need to fill so it's all about looking at where we have got weaknesses and it's actually so nice for a bugs team to go into a draft without masses of gaps that need to be filled that actually we could choose to be picky Uh, i think he looks great on the film so far i mean he's really tall he likes to sort of almost climb over people very much in the light of will goldstone and, you know, Will's 10th year vet now, so he's, you know, he's been fantastic for us and he's still a good player, he's not got many miles on the clock now, so, you know, I think it's a really solid position to fill, and he looks like a great guy, really, that I think can really make an impact for us.
2: I think people have compared him to Will Golston, and that sounds to be, from what I've seen, I've only seen, seen a little bit of tape, um, you know, and he does seem that sort of player, he's six foot six, um, and, and that's that's only wide, I mean, he totally looks even bigger, yeah. you know, <laughs> and he he's going to be a big sort of plugger of holes in there, and, you know, for a quarterback to have someone six foot sitting in your face, that's really hard to see over to throw. I know that sounds really obvious, but when you've mm. got like nine, ten players in front of you, and you're trying to see that window of someone coming across the middle, that height makes a real difference. Yeah. He's only 22. Um, So he's, he's, you know, he's a real um, young player. And although, you know, I I mean, I can't remember the last time we drafted someone from Houston, um, but they had a 12 and two season and went to the Birmingham Bowl, which um, sounds like it's desperately in need of sponsorship, Um, you know, and so he's a, he's a, he's a winner. Um, And I feel like, you know, he's so young. So I think we need to be temperate about what he might do this year. Um, And that that my only worry is kind of, we don't know what's happening with JPP. We don't know what's happening Mm. with Sue. Um, As you said, David, there's a lot of depth concerns there. So, you know, it might be a bit like a JTS type scenario where don't expect too much in year one.
1: I mean it's last year we were looking at Tristan Worth or so, you before know, jumping out the pool. This guy has got arms, you see him, <laughs> and he goes over the top of players, doesn't he? He brings them down with like oh, he's a crawl. He's he's actually colossus.
0: And yeah, you know, he, he had some good numbers uh, as well last season. Uh six and a half sacks, uh 13 and a half tackles for a loss. Uh, you know, th- those are not uh you know, they're not disappointing figures at all. Obviously, of course the NFL is a big jump, but He's coming to a team that's got a very good defensive coach. Um, I mean, Mariano, he should fit uh, Todd Bowles' uh, scheme that he likes to run. Def- Obviously, I know we've got some new defensive coordinators, but Todd Bowles does like that three-four defensive scheme. Uh, hopefully, we'll see that continue. Logan Hall should be a good fit for that.
3: He'll absolutely be a good fit. And and I think having had the advantage of being out in, in Florida uh, pre-draft, uh, I got... The chance to see some of the sort of media interviews and and it, it seemed like there were there were two players that, that uh, the buccaneers well jason Light, uh interviewed um mentioned in interviews before the draft and logan hall was um consistently a player that he kept mentioning and saying that sort of mid-round sort of talent was there They'd have him in for, you know, a day out in the Buccaneers. So it looked like they were really keen on him, you know, from the start. So when when they say, you know, we traded back but still got the guy we wanted, it really does like we we, you know, really does look like we did get the guy that we wanted, that they were very much keen on, not just his athletic ability, which obviously we always go for, but it seems like certainly in drafts more recently we're definitely going for certain character guys as well we want those sort of you know gritty characters and i'm sure we'll come on to that with some of the other picks that we've we've gone for um, there's other ones that maybe personify that even more but uh, yeah i think they they wanted logan paul and and we got the player that we wanted
2: interesting when you talk about want because you know, lots of um, draft gurus talk about draft taking the best player available, try and get the best value, don't draft for need. Uh, but it does feel like those two things were a perfect Venn diagram for this choice. Um, one thing I would say, so Logan Hall's combine 40-yard dash, 4.88 seconds. By comparison, when and Sue did the combine in 2010, um, he was over a tenth of a second slower, five point zero three. So this guy's
0: faster than Sue. Hmm. We've got a better player then. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Sealed. Signed. Sorted. Well, uh, it'd be good <laughs> to see him build a partnership
1: with Vita Vae going forward as I, well.
0: You must have read my mind, David. I was going to. I wanted to mention that to you there. Yeah, Vita Vae, uh, Logan Hall um and you know possibly will goldstone as that front three uh i mean i like the sound of that if that's what it's looking like marianne i just want to uh stay with you for a moment because i know you do have a great interest in college uh games and and have a uh, a pretty uh, good knowledge of college players um so let's have a look at our second pick which is guard luke gadik always have to think about that his name before i say it um again filled the need. We did. We did need to get another guard in there. Obviously, we managed to uh, fill um, Ali Marpet's spot with. Uh, sorry, his name's gone, but we traded for the player from New England. We hadn't managed to sort out uh, Alex Kappa's uh, left guard. Hopefully, Luke Gudek. Sorry, Luke Kadeek should be that guy.
3: Yeah, and and that's where I'm saying again, the character guys. Uh, this guy, everyone says he's like a real gritty, you know, um, you know, one of these that that sort of a bit mouthy will really wind the uh, the defensive players up. We've got that with Jensen. I think we've got it now doubly with this this guy as well. Um, I think he played tackle in in college, but everyone's sort of projecting him more at at, uh, at the guard position. It'll be interesting to see how he how he sort of develops if he is a player that we that we do use across the line as depth. I don't think he's going to step right in. I think we've got, I think, Stinney as well that came back. So we've got probably our starting O-line there, but I definitely think he'll be rotated in very early um, and probably at the guard position initially because it's just an easier, you know, easy, but easier position to, to, you know, rotate a player in rather than putting them in that tackle position where they're immediately, you know, having to protect potentially, you know, uh, you know, out on an Island and, and trying to protect for Brady. So I think, yeah, he'll, he'll probably start, you know, rotating in at guard for uh, possibly either side. I, I really don't know if he's going to, you know, I, I can see him being used across the line a bit in those, in those two guard positions.
2: I think Marianne is absolutely right. Yeah. And we, we want to keep Brady upright. The only exception to that might be, I, I mean, I didn't know much about this guy. So I was reading up and he used to be a tight end. So the only merit of maybe keeping him at tackle or, or at least having that versatility, to be honest, is down on the goal line. Um, and we know we might be a little bit thin at tight ends, depending how two draft picks do or don't pan out. <laughs> but actually, I can see a sort of Donald Penn type sort of um, role for him, maybe for the tackle eligible.
0: So in that case, Kieran, you've mentioned the tight ends. Let's stick with the tight end for the moment. Uh, as you said, two tight ends were drafted, Cade Otten, uh, <coughs> excuse me, uh, Cade Otten and uh, Co-Kyft. Um, Gronk's future still up in the air. He hasn't resigned signed yet. Uh, not a lot of news coming out.
3: Yeah, Cade Otten, he, he's like Gronk. Baby Gronk is what I'm looking at. He's he's like Luke 6'5", <laughs> 260 pounds. He's a big guy. If you watch some of his highlights, he does a lot of that over the middle, you know, the the sort of thing that you see off a of Gronk already. He blocks really, really well as well. So I think he, I can see why he went, you know, at that sort of higher round. Um, the other guy, Co Keeft, he's very much a blocker. Um, his stats. If you look at his stats, he's he's similar size-wise. He's a. I think he's a bit heavier, but he's very similar size-wise. But he's a blocker. He's not. I think he's caught something like twelve catches in five seasons or something. He's not necessarily got the receiving. Um, certainly not the receiving highlights. So it's hard to know how he's going to project that way. Um, but I can see him being one of these that's pulled in for the sort of real jumbo packages apparently he also plays halfback occasionally yeah so maybe he'll be pulled in for that as well um but i mean cade otten looks like as i say almost a baby gronk sort he's his highlight reel is just you know i i was actually like just joyous over watching some of his highlights not just the you know not just the receiving <laughs> but the blocking too
0: could we be looking at cam Blake potentially as a starter if Gronk doesn't come back. Uh, certainly, I think he deserves it. He's been patient. He's a good player for us. So there's no reason why he couldn't be starter. Uh, so that'll be interesting to see as well. Uh, David, who's you- got the Yes, definitely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's it. I mean,
1: Cam is something like our fourth or fifth franchise <laughs> leading mm. receiver. <laughs> yeah. He, I mean, you know, he's got a good pair of hands and he's been totally mm. underutilised in that. And he has carried a couple of injuries over the last two or three seasons. He, um,
0: so he was he, you know, he was using the red zone a lot, though, uh, since Brady's coming. He has scored a few touchdowns there.
1: Yeah, but so, it'd be good to see him in more of a receiving role
0: mm, going definitely. forward and
1: let the others do the blocking. And I suppose... The big question is still out on Grunk, really, or won't he come back? Um, he played this game last year, didn't he? He was uh, out yeah. and about and playing until
0: he obviously doesn't like early training, does he? <laughs> uh, running back, David. We did draft a running back in Richard White. Um, what can you see happening with him? He's another speed to smooth runner, and in particularly.
1: In the chains he he's, he's a good inside runner which if every bugs fan knows we don't do a love of run up the gut don't we <laughs> so yeah i think the biggest thing about him and where um we missed a lot is this guy can catch as well and so he's a part he's a running and receiving threat and that is just the way we play so he looks the perfect fit, really, for the Buccaneers at the minute. Um, obviously, with Leonard and uh, Rojo going now. Uh, and again, the Axe fell because of his failings. I suppose the one big question that hit Rojo that we don't really know about is his blocking capability.
0: Yeah, so we've got four running backs at the moment, I believe. Leonard Pinnett, uh I think we re-signed Bernard. I believe I saw that. don't think I'm dreaming that. Um, we've got on Vaughn still, who I thought did exceptionally hmm. well last season certainly got his name in the hat uh and then it'll be interesting to see how the child white comes in there as well so I think a very exciting time for us at running back certainly for this this season which should be really good there um two uh, is wide open yes hundred yeah. percent um and now, also,
1: we need g- more gungers on special teams. Yes, <laughs> Adams, we lost, didn't we, this year? He's moved on, who's been quite a reliable guy. So, you know, there's, there's opportunities to get out there on the field early in the season on special
0: teams. And, you know,
1: there's, hopefully there's no rush to bring him in straight away.
0: Special teams, just get myself ready here. Just looking at the notes. I'm just other feeding
1: picks. you it all the way.
0: <laughs> Kieran, <clears throat> other picks, excuse me. <clears throat> punter. Jake <laughs> Kamada. Come on, Keelan. I'm going to mute my mic. Over to you. Well, <laughs>
2: well, anytime we do anything to improve special teams, you know I'm going to be pleased. But actually, I'm, I'm a little bit sad because I think what this means is it means the head for Brandy Pinion. Um, and he, he's he's he been a good player for the Cub for a long period of time. And it's not not often that punters and kickers hang around as long as he's done. But I do think if you're drafting a punter in the fourth round, you are sending a signal. Um, I was expecting a punter to be drafted. I probably wasn't going to say the fourth round, but it felt like one of those fantasy football drafts where whenever someone picks a QB and it was, Oh, I need a QB. I need a QB. And there's only, we know there's a rush on QBs. It felt like there was a rush on punters. Um, the first one to go, was jordan stout to the ravens i think um because everyone of course everyone thought it was going to be matt Arezia, the punt god um and i thought that's who we were going to draft i wouldn't have been surprised if we'd have taken the first punter but if, I, I mean who knows you'd love to be on the fly of the wall and know actually did jason light have his eye on jordan stout because he didn't want matt because he could have taken him if he'd have wanted him so but uh, yeah Apparently the knock knock on the punk god is that he doesn't get the hang time. So I had a look. Hang time was 3.96 seconds for Matt, whereas our guy Jake gets 4.10. However, Jordan who went three picks earlier is 4.36 hang time, which is quite frankly amazing um so that's the time that it takes a player to run the 40 yards 50 yard sprint which is exactly how far he's kicking it so that's kind of you know a perfect sort of hang time and um and and Jordan Stout's net yards is a good sort of five year, yards more than than Jake Kamada's. However, <clears throat> that's not just about the kick; that's about the coverage. So that's why I think I think what David said is really important about making sure that we've got gunners and we've got good players go, going through. So I'm really pleased we took a punter. Um, I do I think, but I, I you know I feel a bit for Bradley, and uh, you know it's it's a business unfortunately, but and you know. But it is what it is. Um, but I think again, it's one of those things about succession planning. It shows about rejuvenating a roster, and 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 by all accounts, you know, he, you know, he he's had some good kicks. I think college is always a really hard one to gauge kickers. I don't know enough about Jake to know whether he does kickoffs as well, but obviously that's going to yes. be important, um, and we'll see what happens there. Yeah, he does do, do
1: kickoffs, and I think one of the big things about Camada against the others is he's actually delivered when it mattered in big games. And yeah. I think that's what they're looking for, is a, a player that can deliver in the crunch times. Um, I mean, so they, they can all kick a ball, they can all get hang time, but actually he's done it more than most when it really mattered.
3: Yeah, I think uh, going on that, as, as you say, you know, he's coming from uh, Georgia, isn't he? Who, you know, got the, the national championship. So he's, he's done it, as you say, in the biggest games. Um, and I know that a lot of the um, the sort of, you know, obviously the college game is much bigger out here and a lot of the the, the fans online who are either, you know, uh, Georgia fans or from other college, you know, fans of other college teams were actually uh, raving about his ability to sort of really pin the, the college teams back during the season. So I think most people are pretty happy with with that pick, even coming as early as it did.
0: You know, Bradley Pinion as a person loved by Buccaneer fans, loved at the organisation. But as Kieran said, this is a business at the end of the day. And if you're not getting the job in the field uh, done, then your job is going to be potentially at risk. Of course, that's not saying that it is over Bradley Pinion. You know, he's going to fight for his job. Jake Conrad, sorry, Jake Camarada's got to beat Bradley Pinning out, so that could be a really fascinating watch during the off season and when training camps begins. Could be something to keep an eye on there. Um, so, Mariana, there are still two players we haven't discussed as a sort of draft guru. I will come back to you if 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 you don't mind, um, and that is of course cornerback Zion McCollum and uh, uh, outside uh, linebacker Andre Anthony. Uh, any thoughts on those guys?
3: Uh, Zion McCollum. There were a lot of people that were upset when we took uh, again punter at the top of the fourth, but then we traded back up to get Zion uh, because a lot of people were screaming that Zion McCollum was still available when we took our punter, uh, and we still went up and got uh, Zion. I think as a, as a sort of you know as a raw talent, he's not he's definitely not the finished product, but in terms of raw talent, he he looks to you know, to develop well. So, I mean, as Kieran said, it's it's a bit of a, a guessing game once you're starting to get into those later rounds. But he really does look like he, you know, given the right guidance, he could develop very well into, into the sort of cornerback that we need. Um, and it just gives us that extra depth in the secondary, which I think we were all screaming for as well because of the injuries that we had last season.
0: And, yeah, lost, right. and and the loss to Jordan of Jordan Whitehead as well. We need yeah. To exactly. Get some yeah.
1: I mean, I'm surprised that we didn't actually pick more players at cornerback safety because that's actually been quite a theme for Jason Ly for the last five years. Um, he's focused a lot of attention there and given the injuries and the loss of whitehead and Lye, I thought we'd get one or two there more there. But especially with Todd
2: Bowles sat in the room and in the in the big chair as well.
3: And he seems to, Jason, White like, seems to have had an eye for for good, uh, particularly in those mid-rounds, third, fourth round sort of picks at, at that that level, people that maybe at first that we kind of thought, maybe they're not going to be that great, but have actually developed well. So, you know, after two or three seasons have turned into some of our best. So um, I'm, I'm also surprised that we didn't kind of pick more, but I guess we've also got obviously undrafted free agents come in and trying out so there's a there's a couple of those in the secondary as well so we'll we'll, we'll see but um obviously that's kind of the way they've gone and we've got to as, as we all say in light we trust
2: but um, as you were saying marion you mentioned the word raw the three words that are used around zion mccollum are raw quick and smart and do you know what if you're if you're drafting someone down there i'd, I'd take those because it feels Absolutely. like the feeling could be a yeah. lot higher
3: Absolutely, and I, I think, as you say, probably the, the key one there is the smart. It's, you know, surrounded by the right people, the right coaches. Um, I also noticed that we we picked up a, a couple of players that have got ex-teammates that have been around them, mm-hmm. and I wonder how much that played into things as well. So, um, and then um, Anthony that we picked in the seventh, he's played, obviously, LSU, um, and I think even on the on the phone call, um, you know, if you see the, the draft phone call, bear with me, sorry. Yeah, I've got a bug on my glasses.
0: <laughs> oh, that that Florida weather, you know, all these bugs, in you know, oh dear.
3: <laughs> I'm getting chewed up here, you, you don't realise the...
0: The <laughs> right, sacrifices
3: you that.
2: make for this club. <laughs>
3: <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> right, let me start that again. Uh, where was I? Anthony... Um, Ryan yeah. from
2: from LSU. Oh.
3: Yeah, Anthony from LSU... He's, uh, even on the, uh, the highlights of the, the draft call to him that you see, they, they sort of told him, oh, you know, you know call, your, call your fellow LSU players. So we picked up players that have got, I guess, other teammates that they're already familiar with, which I think will help them settle and, and you know, grow into, into, their, into the team a bit quicker, hopefully.
0: I can't really follow that. I think I think we'll bring our draft discussion <laughs> well, again. I just to say with Andre Anthony but, one, yeah. one more thing. Go, go on, on then, go
2: on then, I've got on, another question Andre I want Anthony. to ask you. But so, go on, Kim. Go, Andre go on. Anthony. So I remember Logan Hall. Remember was twenty-two. He was raw. He's young. Andre Anthony's twenty-five. He's had six seasons at LSU. Um, so he's, it's an interesting prospect. Um, it reminds me a little bit of the sort of Adrian Claiborne, Dequan Bowers' time of the Bucks drafts, where we like to roll the dice thinking it's going to be kind of boom or bust. And so he, again, I didn't know this, but I looked it up. So his, his 2021 season was three games in before he had a season-ending knee injury. Uh, and at that point, he was one of the leading tacklers, one of the leading sackers. Um, so he's had a long time in college pedestrian production it's probably fair to say but had a really strong 2021 until um a knee injury but the question is at what point how you know how far can you say a 25 year old running around the field playing against 21 year olds um should should have that much more experience it's kind of boys against men isn't it so i i I think it's a really interesting pick um and i i I just I i honestly i can't say whether i like it or not at this point Time
0: will tell, as I say, Kieran. Time will tell. <laughs> um, so, to round off our draft discussion, guys, I'm going to come out to each of you. I want a one letter with potentially a symbol after it if you want, but that's all <laughs> I'm after for you. How would you rate uh, or grade, sorry, the Buccaneers draft? David, come to you first. I think A minus. I mean, we were right up there. It was a good, solid draft. We
1: filled holes. The big thing was that we didn't have to make any through any massive holes. So it was, a, it was a solid draft, I think. From the early trade, we got a few more picks. So I think we did a good job. And I actually think that's a general reflection of the actual people in the draft this year. I don't think it was a massively strong draft yeah.
2: Keelan, what about you? (laughs) Um, I I agree with David. I mean, I'm so not the college expert, but everyone and his dog were saying, you know, this this year's rubbish. It's not as good as last year. It was kind of a sort of the, you know, sort of generation X version of the draft, isn't it? Um, And it looks like on paper, it looks like we're going to get three, possibly four starters out of this draft. And if that pans out, then, you know, that's that's
0: top marks. So um, I think I'm going to go a solid B. Mariana, what about you? How would you draft the Buccaneers? Uh, grade the Buccaneers draft even.
3: Yeah, I'm. I'm very much with with David. I'll go with the A minus. So I'll go a little bit higher than the B. I, you know, whether we whether we should have taken that first round pick is is debatable. But we we seem to, as you say, have had some really good trades. We've got you know more players than we expected. As you say, eight from five. So I think that's always good, just to bring in the extra depth. And can I just throw out an extra little bit of uh, they've been wheeling and dealing in the undrafted free agents. And I think it's Jareth Stearns, the wide receiver that they've brought in, who has had one of the top production years of any wide receiver, I think, in, in college football, which will be a very interesting one to see if he can make the cut as well. I really like the look of him and I'm hoping that he can make it as well. So can I think also... Sorry?
2: Can he return kicks?
3: Well, that's what I'm hoping, right? <laughs> <laughs> he, he doesn't project <laughs> fast though, unfortunately. <laughs>
2: uh,
0: uh, yeah.
3: But no, I mean, with with the the additional moves that we've made with the uh, sort of undrafted free agents as well. Um I think, yeah, solid solid A A minus will go with.
0: I mean, I like like yourself, Kieran, I am not very clued up on the college fairs, I've got to be honest. Um but on the basis of I'm pleased with how uh, Jason Light, as he always has done, managed the draft for us. He's always done a great job at that. We have looked at need, which I always think is more important than going for the best player. Um, we've got some uh, from what Marianne said and what the uh, experts uh, have said. These seem to be really, really good picks. I'm excited by what we've got. I would like to... I'm I think I'm on my own here. I'd like to have seen another guard or offensive lineman coming personally. Uh, I also agree with you, maybe uh, a cornerback or two, a few more. But I'm also gonna go with Marianne and David, and I'm gonna go with that A minus because I'm happy with how the draft panned out and on what I've heard from other people. You'll get here Marianne, if you want if you want draft analysis, don't come to me. Okay, we got uh, Ma- I'm we got, we got Marianne, I'm Still coming out as uh,
2: the the, the miserable Alex. one. <laughs> Alex
0: you, you shattered
1: the illusion. We're all experts on here. you have got through it.
0: For... <laughs> Nobody knows any different. Right, All right, replays. Don't Is come to any, me. Um, come to the other three if you want draft expertise, not me. Sorry, any David. Any truth
1: to the rumour that feels not on the podcast because we didn't pick anyone from Alabama? <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, I am not going to make any comments. Uh, I am going to move on to the next area of, of the next part of the show. And for this, Kieran, uh, I'm gonna hand over to you as I believe you have got uh some views from our members and uh some news regarding our draft competition. Absolutely. So let's start off with the views from our
2: members. As ever, our members were on the forum talking to each other during the draft and uh, watching it keenly. None other than than Stuart, as you can say, stayed up to watch, only to see us trade our first-round pick. Uh, I think that sums up a lot of people that were waiting until I think it was about four in the morning um, and then just said a naughty word under their breath and went to bed. Um, So, you know, again, you Americans, you don't know you're born. Um, (laughs) Bucks fandom is
0: staying up to 4 a.m. to watch the Bucks not take a player. I don't know what was worse, really, because I went to bed to set my alarm. So then I woke up from a nice sleep to see that we traded the pick. I'm not sure which is worse there. (laughs) Uh,
2: Well, from John's perspective, his glass was half full. What's not to like? Trading out of the back end of the first round is a strategy I can always get behind. An offensive lineman who was a tireless worker and a walk-on originally sounds good. Rashad White was talked about as one of the better backs in this draft by a few analysts. So um, the people that pretend they do know what they're talking about, or at least get paid to talk about it, um, seem to be high on them. So that's uh, no bad thing. Uh, And then Graham the more I look at it, the more I like it. Interested to see if Rashad White can make the step up to the NFL as a third down back. His highlight reel looks incredible. Uh, And then finally... From Adam Murfitt. Uh McCullum was a great grab in round five. Go watch some interviews of him. He's a terrific kid. Um, I like the draft a lot more than last year's. There's <coughs> guys who contribute right away. So uh, it's always good to hear everyone's views. And again, get onto the forum on our website and and be part of the chat. Um, the other thing we were running on the forum was our draft competition. This is a cracking prize. Um, Is it is it Mcardle signed jersey? Yeah, I mean, um, and even more, uh, I'm I'm in the finalists. (laughs) So this is why we had to uh, we had to do this on the podcast. Because (laughs) normally I'd step aside and say I'll let let the other members have the competition, but I want this jersey. So um, so we were onto the uh, the wheel of names, and um, hopefully you'll see from that that uh, in the mix we have Stuart Blackmore you and Rob, uh, my good self and David Easthope. So, um, you know, good luck everyone as so long as you're called Kieran Himes uh, and uh, we'll see who the winner is and at least for, for, if anything does happen that's good I've got three other witnesses so I didn't make it up. So, so for the 15th <laughs> time tonight um, I should know <laughs> we'll if he doesn't it'd
1: be like looking at him at the Oscars. <laughs> <isn't>
2: <laughs> oh, Adam, what music if you can. Oh my goodness! <laughs> <laughs> okay, oh, no one, no one's going to believe, no one's going to believe that.
1: Uh, I, I can't remember the last time you actually won a competition. Uh, in fairness. I mean, I, I,
2: yeah. I don't ever win the competitions. <laughs> uh, so, uh,
0: oh dear. Well, congratulations, Kieran. Go, go suck it, because I want that trophy. <laughs> <laughs> can, can we can, can we put that out? <laughs> He's in Love and <laughs> than Bucks UK. So. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh dear! Thank you. I think well to Tim
2: Lewis, who yeah. was the person that donated yeah. that prize, so that's uh, really, really super. In all seriousness, you know, it's our members that donate the prizes to a lot of the competitions, and we are super grateful. When people get tickets through the clubs or go to Tampa, um, they do come back with prizes, and, and they, they pay it forward to everyone else. So that's um, much appreciated.
0: Well said, so Kieran Absolutely, and uh, to all of our members out there please uh, make sure you do go on the forum. Uh, During the season, there will be plenty of more competitions, plenty of more chances for you to win some amazing prizes. Everything takes place on the forum. So if you want to know what's coming up, make sure you go and check that out. And also, if you're not... A Butch UK member, you need to come and join us. We, we've got a fantastic season that that's going to be coming ahead. The Buccaneers are going to Germany. We can go back to the States now for the whole season to watch the Buccaneers. Uh, you've got great people. Loads of reasons to join. So make sure you visit our website. I'm going to get it right, unlike Phil last time, which is www.butchuk.org. Definitely got that right. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so, uh, And all our membership information is on there. Please, we'd love to... Uh, uh, love for you to come and join us here at Birch UK. Uh, of course, also we are on social media, we're on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. Uh, please come check us out on there as well. Right, uh, David, uh, some club news that we need to update everyone with. Over to you.
1: Yeah, so we always go for a summer social and our AGM. Um, this year it's on the Saturday the 18th of June and we confirmed the location yesterday after lots of negotiation trials. So we're those of you that remember the Borodigio in Hempstead, we're not going there, but we're going a little way along the road to the Red Lion Pub. So it's got a fantastic um, room. It's got an outdoor marquee. There's plenty of space to drink, and we're going to turn it into a, a real tailgate atmosphere. So it will be two o'clock till six o'clock on the 18th of June. You're more than welcome to stay afterwards and uh, keep drinking and enjoying the, the evening um hopefully we've got great weather but don't worry if not we've got room inside uh there's going to be an all-you-can-eat barbecue um so it's going to be great 15 pounds a head cheaper. As well. it's cheaper <laughs> one of the real things for moving the venue was to make it cheaper for our members um so yeah so i think it's going to be a, a great event so, so looking really forward worked. to seeing everybody there
2: it's really good to get to, isn't it, in terms of you can get the train there, you can. it's on the motorway, there's, there's nice ho- cheap hotels nearby. Um, last time we had our AGM, obviously it was a while ago with COVID and everything, but I think we had about 45 people there, so don't worry about coming by yourself if you don't know anyone else, you will be in good company, we'll have name badges so you know everyone who they are, uh, it's going to be really welcoming, so come along, it's going to be amazing, and David's picked a fantastic venue.
1: And also, we want to make it more family-orientated as well. Mm-hmm. So bring the wife, bring the kids, go have a great fun day outside. Or husband. Else. Or husband. <laughs> oh <my> <laughs> <God>. <laughs>
0: Even uh, if he's a Giants fan.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was going
3: to say.
0: Uh, Is David, that allowed? David, any update on when members can start purchasing tickets for Yeah, the... I'm going to be okay. uh,
1: sending out the information um, at the weekend. Um with how to buy tickets, it'd be normal as before for Eventbrite. Um, so everybody, buy, out, buy their tickets in advance.
0: Brilliant! And uh, we hope to see as many of our members there as possible. Uh, if you attended any of our tailgate, uh, sorry, our tailgates. If you attended any of our watch parties, sorry, last season, uh, you'll know just how fun they were. Um, the Leeds one, I wasn't there, but my goodness, did that one look like it was one heck of a party! Um, but uh, so we, so we love to have a party. So please, if you are uh, a member come and join us if you're not a member get signed up and then we'd love to see you at our AGM in June really looking forward to that one uh, so that brings us to the end of our show for this week. Uh, all that remains for me to do is say a huge thank you to Kieran, David, and Mariana, uh, in particular, Mariana, for joining us over in Florida. I uh, hope you enjoy the rest of your holiday over there, Mariana. and then you get to come back to this lovely British weather, but we won't talk too much <laughs> about that.
3: Um,
0: and, of course, a huge thank you to you guys for watching. We really do appreciate you tuning in. Don't forget, go, if, go and smash that like button. If you watched the whole episode, you must have enjoyed it. So, you have no excuse not to go and hit that like button. And we'll see you again very soon for our next episode. Take care. And as always, go Bucks.
2: Go Bucks. Go Bucks. Go Bucks.